Do babies have a natural instinct to sleep? Getting a better understanding of what my partner needed and what my children really needed, that's made a huge difference. Yes, yeah. otherwise I can get a little bit overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, I think lots of parents can relate to yeah. that. You're listening to Kindling Conversation with Siobhan Hunt. Before we had children, my husband was very fond of saying that we would go and live in Italy for a year because his heritage is Italian and he has lots of family there. He thought we could just pop over there and, you know, have pizza with his family in the piazza. And even then I thought he was being really ambitious. I would say to him often enough that I couldn't imagine having children in a country where I spoke my the language, let alone being in one where the culture and the language were completely different. But take a step back from that and how nice does it sound? Living for a year in Italy, if you could make it work, of course. Then I bumped into an old friend who has made it work. Last year, Shannon Stoddart took a year off from her photography agency, which she owns and runs, to live in Italy with her daughter, then aged 10. Hi, Shannon. How are you? Good. Thanks, Siobhan. It, thanks. it sounds like you lived, You were living the dream. Yeah, we were living the dream. It's oh, it, it was amazing. I, I can't even begin. I don't even know where to begin on how amazing it was for us, all of us. I think as a family, like my daughter was ten, so the idea for us and taking her at that age was she's young enough to still want to hang out with us in public, hold our hand in public. Um, she was in year five in Australia, so we could come back for year six high school. Um, and she was young enough to pick up the language. And for you, was it something you'd always thought of? Like my husband saying, oh, you know, imagine living in Italy for a year. I mean, had had you been thinking about this for a while? We had. In fact, probably a bit too long because I was almost wishing time away waiting for that year. So we sort of made it, we, we did a trip before she started school. So before she was five. And we had three months in Europe and then we came back and, and back into work. And then she was at school and school lunches and p- after school care and pickups <laughs> and oh drop offs. And it was like, oh my gosh, like, like, you went straight this, back into it. Like, what life's all about. So we, it was then when we got back about six months in, I was like, I just need something to look forward to. So it was a five year plan. We decided then after that trip that year five, so that she could be back for year six and it was a five-year plan so we just put it in the diary for that year and worked really hard towards that. And when you make a decision like that how do you decide where you're going to go for that whole year? Look we we did go to Italy in that three months we had a week in Florence at that time and we just I just love Italy. Um, Before I had my agency I, I worked for an Italian company so I, I love their style, I love the food, the like their aesthetic, just everything about it. So that was an easy choice for me. Um, you know, some people like France and Paris. But even within and, Italy, you knew that it was Florence you wanted look, to go Florence to? Florence was an easy choice because one, my, when we went there, my, my, my partner has um, a cousin who lives in Florence and she runs a walking tour company. So... Um, we knew someone in Florence. Also, because it's such a, a busy touristy city that most people can speak English in Florence, where if you go to a little country town, it's probably a little bit harder with the language. Like we, 
yeah, we, we didn't notice it. I mean, we did in, in the circles. Like my daughter went to a, a local Italian school, so you, not yet, surprisingly, not not many like none, none of the teachers, none of the kids at her school could speak English. A couple of the parents could, um, the principal could. So, you know, it was just a bit of an easier choice because also you're in the centre, you're in Tuscany, you're in the centre of Italy. It's easy to travel from Florence. You can walk everywhere. It's a small, it's a small city. Like there's only you know 200, 250,000 people. So it's you don't have a, need a car can walk around it's just easy okay so you decided five-year plan we're going to go to Italy and we're going to go to Florence it was it challenging logistically both in arranging your life here so that you could leave for a year um, and also setting up your life there so the school the place you'd live all that sort of stuff look we we didn't do a lot of pre-planning. All, all I knew is I'm, we're going to take that year off. So um, to be honest, I probably, in December, probably six weeks of, oh my gosh, we need to pack our house up, put it in storage, rent our house out. And, you know, I sort of, looking back on that, think, oh my God, like I, I actually <laughs> could never have anticipated how much work it is to pack your life up for a year. But... Um, I didn't know that time, so I just did it. Like, you, you do it. And, and I did no pre-planning. So we turned up in Florence. Um, we didn't have anywhere to live and we didn't have a school. So it, it actually was probably a bit harder than I thought it would be to find somewhere to live. Um, you know, it's not the same as here. We can go to Domain and all the houses are for rent. You can turn up and look at a place, but it's not like that in Italy. So you need to try and um, get someone to translate to the real estate agent to see if that place is still available and go and make a time to go and see it. And, uh, you know, the the rental terms are a bit different. So most people rent for four years. And then there's a lot of places on Airbnb that want short-term rentals. So getting somewhere for a year was... um, took longer than we thought. It took about five, like probably five weeks to find somewhere and, and get a lease, which isn't that long. But when you're sort of transient and you're wanting to just find somewhere and get a school and and the same with the school. So we had to go door knocking um, a little bit in the neighbourhood and try and get someone that would take her because she couldn't speak English, uh, Italian. Um, so, so getting a school that would take a non-Italian speaking child and she had no Italian so she was in the deep end. And and how did that go for her starting school? I mean I just think of myself before uh, Darcy started primary school I remember thinking we need to move somewhere because we live in a flat and I need to find a house and blah 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 blah, blah. but I don't want um, you know I don't want to move too late because then she'll have to move primary schools <laughs> and then your da- daughter's not just moving uh, primary school, she's moving countries and languages. I feel a little bit uh, of a helicopter parent now. How did it go for her starting a school in a foreign language? Look, she knew it was coming. So we'd talked about it a lot. Like it's, oh, only, you know, three more years and we're going to go and live in Italy. So we had talked about it a lot. So she was prepared for that move. And... Um, you know the school the language I don't know it was it was definitely challenging I think um you know more so it's just a bit boring going not knowing what anyone's saying she had to sit there from 8am or 8.20 school started or till 
you know, three o'clock without being able to communicate with anyone. So that was quite challenging, I think. Not immediately, but after a few months, I think more frustrating because you want to be able to engage and talk to other kids. And um, so, but she took it in a stride. She, you know, she'd say, oh, it'll be so much better once I can just understand the language. So it was, she, she had a good attitude towards it. Um, she never took a day off. She always got up and, and went and, you know, it was, it was hard for us because we had to get her homework and put it into Google Translate. <laughs> <laughs> and try and work out what have we got to do and then translate it back so that she could do her homework. We, we, she ended up in the Steiner School. So that was a big consideration was the language in the Steiner School because at the Steiner School, it's all about practical learning. So cross-stitching, calligraphy, um, woodwork. You know, they did some amazing things at that school. And so she could still participate without being under able to speak the language to an extent. Uh, it took, it, to be honest, she didn't talk any Italian for, I would say, nine months. And then once she started talking, she was just fluent. So, read. Wow. But in her mind, I think, and, and the teachers, one of the teachers that could speak, that the principal actually, she could speak quite good English. She said, look, we've had a few kids in that don't, that are English students and they'll like they'll do two one or two things they either just won't speak until they're 100% confident or they will just give it a go so she was she, she waited yeah she just she... waited she listened you knew she could understand a couple of the mums would say she you know we'd go to birthday parties and you know she was part of the school community and so you could see that after about three months it something had clicked and she could understand what people were saying and I'd go to pick her up from school and she would be out in the schoolyard with the other kids and all the kids would be around her and so she'd be teaching them the English alphabet and they'd be teaching her the the Italian alphabet and once she got the alphabet she said oh it's she's like oh mum it's actually really easy once you understand the alphabet then it all makes sense so she had to just process it in her head how to understand this, you know, different language. It was quite an interesting process. Wow. You're listening to Kindling Conversation. I'm speaking with Shannon Stoddart, an old friend of mine who I bumped into in our local cafe after she just got back from living overseas for a year in Florence in Italy. So being the person I am, I dragged her into the studio to find out all about it because it really does seem like an incredible year. You just were speaking about... um, that incredible evolution that your daughter went through going to a school and learning the language. What was it like for you as a parent who in Sydney, Australia, runs your own business, a very busy, stressful, high-pressured kind of place? What was it like for you to then be, I guess, um, just there in Florence and you weren't working while you were there, were you? No, no, I didn't do any work which was a luxury. Um, I just can't tell you how much I loved it. I I walked my daughter to school. I picked her up from school. It was a half an hour walk from my place to the school. And it was, you know, it's it's just so beautiful. It's the the cobblestone streets and the people and the, you know, I, I just every day was, you know, it was quite a revelation to actually be so present 
And, you know, I, I find when I'm in Sydney and I, I get in the car and I'm rushing, I'm always rushing to get from here to there, but I never had to rush in that whole year. So time went so slowly. It, it felt like a lifetime. Um, we, you know, we, we'd, I'd drop Minnie at school. I'd come back. I'd have my coffee on the way home. Um, we'd, we'd eat at the local trattoria for lunch and have a glass of wine, admittedly, at lunch, and as the Italians like to do, and, and then have a siesta and then pick her up. And then we had an annual pass to the Uffizi and all the local galleries. So we'd just, you know, the Uffizi was two-minute walk from our house, so we'd go to the Uffizi after school on our way home and spend an hour in there and get gelato and um we traveled quite a bit so and and I read a lot of books I read more books last year than I've read in 10 years (laughs) that sounds so fantastic um if you could choose like if you had to choose a highlight from the year what would it be I think it would be Minnie being able to be fluent in her, like that was a real achievement. And, um, you know, she, she at the end of the year, she actually wrote this beautiful letter to us saying, oh, everyone said what a great opportunity it, that this year would be. And she has, but I never realised until now just how amazing, you know, and this was just before we were leaving, to, just what an amazing experience this has been because we traveled a lot um all around Italy um and just just to be able to you know people were so welcoming to her because she could speak the language like the taxi driver she'd translate for us we'd like we did a bit of traveling right before we left and little local towns where no one spoke English so she was sort of like our little translator and and it was I mean, I wish I could speak a language. And, you know, people keep saying, did you did you learn the language? And I, I learned to read things on the menu. And, you know, I could say good morning and good afternoon. But, you know, it takes a lot of effort to study. You know, I wanted to switch off. So to learn a language, you've got to study. It's, you, you've got to work hard. You've got to practice. And, and I just wanted to switch off for a year. Oh, which I love the sound of. And what about the transition back to the real world, dare I say? I mean, it was still the real world. It was just a, 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 a much further distance from your life here in Australia. What's it been like coming back for you as a family? Look, we've, we're, we're probably all closer from that experience. You know, we've got that experience that is ours. So, you know, reality was a bit of a shock, to be honest. And we came back very enthusiastically thinking, okay, we're just going to work really hard now, put our heads down. And but and and I did for a long time, so I'm just going to try and maintain that sort of Italian sensibility of just go a bit slower, you know, in, just smell the roses. And But needless to say, we're, we're back in swool, full swing, like sports and homework and, you know, swimming in the morning and piano and you know from for both of us just work you know managing work and life and and the weeks and the weekends like a blink of the eye and you're back at work again so that was a bit of a reality check of wow this is hard work um have you been able to keep any of that um connection to Italy with I don't know with your daughter learning keeping up with Italian or Yes, yes, so I'm lucky I've got a girl in my office who is Italian from Milan. So 
I always say to her, can you just speak to Minnie in Italian whenever she comes in? And she she's doing Italian classes here because you don't want to lose that once you, you know, she she's 11. So if you don't keep that up and practice, then it, it, it you know, it's like when you learn music as a child and oh, you learn piano and then you can't remember it when you're in your 20s. So definitely that's, you know, she, she can do Italian as an HSC subject in her school. And they do an exchange with Italy. So I think that's a big part of her, will always be a big part of her life now. Oh, it's fabulous. Uh, it's such a beautiful story. My cheeks hurt from smiling and I didn't even get to go to Florence. Shannon, thank you so much for coming Pleasure. in. That's Shannon Stoddart and she was talking about how last year she took a year off to live with her family in Italy. You've been listening to Kindling Conversation. If you enjoyed it, there's plenty more where that came from. Find other stories and interviews at our website. Just head to kindling.com.au.